Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome to it, everybody. The show is Rush Hour, presented by Bed Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Five. You can follow me along on the tweets. As for Veasan at Veasan Live on Twitter. Coming up on tonight's show, it's Tuesday, which means we will kick things off with Teaser Tuesday, explaining the potential best situations for doing a teaser play or just overall bet for the upcoming slate of games in the NFL. Afterward, we'll talk with Dan Leach, host of the Detroit City Cast. Rough past week, or honestly, obviously, you know, it's a rough season being a Detroit Lions fan, so we'll get all of his anger, emotions, frustration, see if he has any glimmer of hope for his Lions this upcoming week against the Vikings and beyond. We'll talk with Scott Spritzer, Vegas sports analyst and sports better overall, and we'll talk a little bit of college football with Scott and some of his NFL plays for the upcoming week. Then at the end of the show, it's October, baby. Playoff baseball tonight. Red Sox and Yankees. What more could you ask for? We'll dive in deep into that game. Overall thoughts, money line, run line totals, some prop bets. And we'll take a look at the other elimination game for tomorrow. Wild card single elimination. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. We'll take a look at some of those series prices, too, with the White Sox and the Astros. and Just really getting deep to previewing playoff baseball later tonight. Let's begin like we typically do on this day in the week. It is Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, so time to get into it with Teaser Tuesday for NFL Week 5. And let's start right away. Thursday night football, Seahawks and Rams for Teaser Tuesday. It's 
going to be a good primetime game. Thursdays usually kind of get the ugly games. I mean, or ugly matchups. They've been fun games. And this one certainly could be fun with the Seahawks catching two and a half at home. The Rams as the favorite going against their division opponent on the road. Minus 139 for the Rams on the money line, plus 123 for Seattle. This totals at 54 and a half, but it fits the bill for a teaser situation because short home dog. Again, the stipulations we want to look at consistently the most historically successful teaser spots. Our home favorites of just over seven, so you can tease them down by six get them through the seven and the three and or short home or road dogs of just over plus one so the home dog seattle here catching two and a half is a very good teaser spot because instead of getting them at plus two and a half for seattle you tease them up by six and then all of a sudden you get seattle at plus eight and a half and we teased up seattle last week against the 49ers didn't even need to they got the outright dub against san francisco the rams are coming off an embarrassing loss against the Cardinals and look I typically before the season was higher on Arizona than most people in Kyler Murray and company but even I didn't think the Cardinals would be doing this great as of this point and make the Rams look that I guess just normal at that point but look you know you don't want to take too much recency bias into it there's a reason the Rams are favored especially against the Seahawks team that has their holes defensively and they're always counting on Russell Wilson to do so much when their offensive line doesn't come through Look, I don't really want to touch anything with the spread, but of course would love to tease up Seattle. Haven't done anything yet, but keep in mind Seattle teasing them up with a division game and a primetime game. Very good opportunity to tease up the Seahawks. So that's the beginning of what could be a good teaser play for the upcoming NFL slate. Let's move on to the Broncos and the Steelers. Now, this one's right at one, but it'll be going back and forth from probably about plus one, plus one and a half, up to plus two right around there. So even if it's not there right now, this inevitably seems like it's going to be a teaser spot to where you could get it over the key number three and seven. And if you wanted to take the route of going with the six and a half teaser instead of the six, of course, you got to pay more. But I think if you have some patience, you'll be able to get that hook and just be able to use the standard six-point teaser. But we would be seeing a teaser spot for the road dog in Denver, potentially. Currently, they're catching the one. This total is a short one at 40, and the sharper money seems to be going on Pittsburgh from where we saw some of these openers. I think this one is just a very tough game to handicap because it could be that final or finally just get right game for Pittsburgh, but I don't know how you could trust Big Ben. I don't know how you could trust anybody on the Steelers' offense. And on the other side with Denver, you know, you saw their true colors somewhat against the Ravens, and that's kind of what we expected to happen a lot of the money was going toward Baltimore because Denver had played a cupcake schedule as of that point. But what Denver team are we going to get now against Pittsburgh? Can Pittsburgh actually take strides forward and take advantage of maybe a weaker team than the record implies? I really have no idea. I kind of would understand an argument either way, to be honest with you. I think it depends a lot on the health of Pittsburgh, naturally. But if you did want to wait a little bit, Seems like the movement has been going toward Pittsburgh. Maybe you get the one and a half or higher. Then you could tease up Denver if you have enough faith in them. I don't know if I'm there fully yet, but would certainly rather do that because imagining the Steelers just winning by more than a touchdown seems like a, a tall order for this Pittsburgh team at this point. But Broncos, Steelers could be a good teaser option. Let's talk Saints and let's talk Washington. I don't even want to talk this one because the Saints just absolutely picked me off by not getting this teaser dub in a couple of spots against the Giants. First home game, you can't even pull it together. And then you lose against the Giants. That was just pathetic all around from New Orleans. But look, 
Uh, you don't have to tease the Saints in this one. You could go with their opponent teasing them up, being the Washington football team. They are catching one and a half at home after getting a good victory. Heineke, great performance against Atlanta. And look, Washington catching the one and a half. You tease them up by six as the home dog. Then you get them to plus seven and a half at home, hosting the Saints. If you were curious, this total's at 44 and a half. Uh, New Orleans opened one and a half point favorites, so that really hasn't moved too much. This one I think is gross because I feel like if I just look to bet against the Saints, then they're just going to ruin that teaser too. So I kind of have some ill will with the Saints football team as of this point. But truthfully, you know, as much of a good spot as that would be for Washington, I still just don't know what to expect out of Washington. I don't know how to handicap this team. And I think the same could be set for New Orleans. They're kind of an anomaly as of this point. So this is just a big question mark game all around. So that's why, yeah, it's a short spread. And at that point, if you're looking to bet it, Safe option, probably to tease up Washington at home against this volatile Saints team. All right, let's go to the NFC North in a spot that I actually do really like, but this would be very classic Minnesota to find a way to lose this one outright. Minnesota's hosting Detroit, and the Vikings, a home favorite of just over seven, fits that bill perfectly because the Vikings are laying seven and a half at Bet Rivers. Total we're seeing at 49. Minnesota actually opened eight, so a little bit of love has come to Detroit in this NFC North matchup. But you tease down the Vikings from seven and a half, get you through six, get you through three, and then you just need the Vikings to win by two or more. I think that could be a very good option. I want to see what the injury report ends up looking like for Minnesota. If it looks like Dalvin Cook could be in the mix in a full go, I honestly haven't you know, kept up too close with it in terms of the beginning of this week. But he will thrive against this Detroit run defense. I mean, look what David Montgomery, before he got injured, was able to do against Detroit. And even if Dalvin Cook isn't, you know, making an impact, Madison can fill that role sufficiently. So I think Minnesota has a big advantage here and should be able to do what the Bears did, if not more so, against this Detroit team. So teasing down Minnesota, very good option for teasing this week. Then let's go ahead and move on to the Browns and the Chargers, the team that Minnesota just faced, being the Browns. And look, Cleveland catching one and a half in this spot. Road dog of just over one. He's up Cleveland, gets you up to 7.5 on the road against Justin Herbert and company. They're coming off a short week playing a Monday night football. Look, the Chargers have enough offensive capability to really blow out any team. I think that's been fairly evident. It's not that they have done that per se. I mean, yesterday obviously was a great example of that, but Cleveland's defense is still really solid. They had some issues in the secondary to begin with, so that could be a little bit concerning going against this Chargers offense. But they're stopping the run really well. And the thing that scares me, though, about Cleveland is that offensively they haven't done anything impressive, right? And that's why you're lacking a little bit of faith in them. They have the talent there. They have the pieces. But there just hasn't been that firework performance out of them, not even really counting the Bears game because that's when the Bears are one of just the worst teams of all time in the NFL. But Nick Chubb could have a monster game against the Chargers here. The Chargers' run defense, yes, looked better against the Raiders. Before that, they were abysmal. But when you get an actual guy, Nick Chubb, in the mix with a good offensive line, he could have a field day, and that could keep the Browns close in this one. And teasing it up could be good enough to keep you close against this Chargers team. So Cleveland up to 7.5 could be a viable option. And let's talk about some NFC East teams, too, because we talked about the Vikings game. That's one of them that I favor the most, and I think this one as well with Dallas and New York. I know me teasing against the Giants last week didn't work because of the Saints, but I, I got to imagine the Cowboys should be able to take care of business here at home. Dallas is currently laying seven. I know it's not right over seven, 
But to me, you know, right at seven still works down perfectly to tease, of course, because you go from seven down to minus six. Uh, this total's at 52 if your interests lie in that direction. But teasing down Dallas in this late afternoon game, 325 p.m. Central time, I think is a beautiful way to do it. Dallas's defense has actually looked fairly well this year. And this is, I don't want to say this is going to be a test. I mean, every game's a test, but, you know, the Giants offense hasn't done anything crazy. And Saquon, yeah, he looked good against the Saints last week. And his defense that we thought it was pretty solid. But look, Dallas has the advantage this game. They're rightful to be a seven-point favorite. Do I want to lay the touchdown with them in this division game? Absolutely not. So go ahead and look to tease down Dallas if you want to get involved in this game. It did open seven and a half, now down to seven, but would still strongly consider teasing down Dallas to minus one against the Giants. Uh, really quick then, we've got Sunday night football, Chiefs and Bills. Buffalo catching two and a half as the road dog. Chiefs have been a tough team to trust in any sense when it comes to covering. Want more security against Patrick Mahomes and company? Go ahead and tease up the Bills to plus eight and a half. That could be a good look for that Sunday night football game. And then the other primetime game, we got Baltimore and Indy. The Ravens laying a touchdown. The Colts have been, I don't want to say a mess this year, but they've been a tough team to handicap as well, especially with all their health concerns and injuries. And Baltimore coming off a nice victory. More time to prepare Monday night at home against the Colts. Teasing down the Ravens could be a decent look as well. But that's really the slate of games that fit the bill for Teaser Tuesday. Nothing I played officially, but don't worry. I'm sure I'll have something by the end of the week. Coming up next, though, we'll get some more NFL betting action from Dan Leach. His thoughts on what the Lions have done this year. Updated NFC North thoughts. And will Detroit win a game this season? He'll let us know next on Rush Hour. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> 
And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. The Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh city casts are up and running with five new episodes every week, plus... Danielle Alvari just had her on last night. She's got the Los Angeles CityCast up and running as well. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Five new episodes every single week. Joining us now here on Rush Hour. Again, I'm Danny Burke, your host, but also a host of the Detroit CityCast, who is hopping on to give us his reaction to his Lions having another loss. It's Dan Leach at Dan Leach 971. Dan, always a pleasure. I know you and I did the joint uh, city cast, Chicago and Detroit, before the game previewing it. And look, I was scared about that game just because of how bad the Bears looked the prior week. And despite Detroit being Detroit, they looked like a competitive team. However, this past Sunday, that wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, how were your emotions after that game this past Sunday? Always great to see you, Danny, baby. And this is my emotion. <laughs> I wanted to throw up for much of the game on Sunday. Listen, it's not like I thought the Lions were that great of a team. It's not like I thought this was going to be this, like, you know, triumphant, you know, cut, you know, big win to get them back on, uh, like, a playoff train. But with as bad as the Bears were, as you know, the week before, 47 total yards, and that Justin Tucker 66-yarder that beat the Lions was 19 more yards than the, than the Bears had total offense the week before in their, their bad loss at home to Cleveland. But, you know, to, to play the way the Lions did – down in the red zone and seemingly go for it on fourth down, I don't know, 35 times, I think. And it was really that snap, that fumbled snap that went right to the Bears defender that if the Lions were able to get a touchdown there, the whole complexion of the game might have changed. But you saw the Lions play pretty decent football against three very likely playoff teams in Baltimore, Green Bay, and San Francisco. And then go up against Chicago and make Justin Fields, who looked like W.C. Fields, the old comedian for Vaudeville era, look like John Elway. And, you know, it's growing pains. I, I've been telling people about Detroit City Gas, as you know, that when we talked to uh, Danny last week and did the show together, that this year is not about wins and losses for the Lions. 
I ended up at four and thirteen. That's that's the lowest I've had the Lions probably my entire life. And it's about growth. It's about finding the way to move out of mistakes that you made and you know build this team with more depth in a lot of different areas and let Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell do their job. And in some ways, it's been nice so far. But in other ways, like on Sunday, it was terrible. And that was, you know, the Bears are a better team probably overall because they're not in a rebuild per se. That was a bad loss. That was one of the few times the Lions had a chance to win on the schedule. I felt confident about it, even though the Lions are not a team that should make you feel confident. And I was pretty disgusted with the way things went down. Yeah, and, you know, even as a Bears fan, and I know Bears fans in general, as much as celebrating that victory it, it wasn't a clean one I mean you know you lose David Montgomery and you hear Nagy say you still don't know Fields is going to be your quarterback if Dalton's healthy you know he's going to be the quarterback so we'll see what happens tomorrow but then again it was just one of those things like Chicago can never have a clean comfortable win they always have to make it close and they almost did that against the Lions luckily Justin Fields recovered that fumble so look it was kind of a sloppy NFC North game overall and maybe, Dan, that's going to be the case looking forward this week for your boys. You're going up to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. And this one seemed to open at 8. Now it's down to about 7.5. And, and I was actually just talking about this game because it's Tuesday. We do Teaser Tuesday here on the show. And teasing down Minnesota is a perfect spot to do so potentially. How do you think Detroit fares against Minnesota? Because what's, what would be scary, I would imagine, if you're trying to back Minnesota, uh, Detroit, is can they stop this running attack for Minnesota? I think that's how the Vikings will look to thrive in this game. How do you see this one going down? Yeah, by the way, you, you Bears guys, uh, you the back door was open. That back door was open, and then obviously it got shot for the Lions. But you look at this game, and, and, and the Vikings were just putrid offensively at home against the Browns. I know the Browns have a solid defense, but I, as we've talked about throughout this year, Danny, when we've previewed the NFC North, I don't think this is a really good division. I mean, the Packers are clearly the best. But are they really that good? Are they as good as a team like the Rams? Obviously not as good as a team like the Cardinals and some others, even Seattle. So it's not a great division. That being said, you look at Minnesota, I wasn't high in them anyway. They, they've they got a decent defense, but their offense is so inconsistent. And so you're, you're talking about teasing it down, which which I'm fine with. But I think this game, I, I like, you know, not that once again, you know, this is some kind of a homer Lions pick. I'm very anti-Lions winning, you know, more than three or four games this year. But that's a lot of points in the NFL. It's off the, the the hook there, the seven and a hook. We know three and seven are key numbers in the NFL. And you're getting that already built in. You mentioned it was eight and down to seven and a half. You still have that seven and a half right now. And, and I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, you know, not that the, the Lions, are, I think, are going to win it. But the Vikings playing so badly and inconsistently on offense. And, and the Lions having guys like Amon Ron, say, Brown, and, and TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift that can move the ball on the field. They did it a lot the second half against the Bears, and the Bears have a decent defense. So I think this game is going to be closer than people think. But once again, the Lions are not a team to believe in right now. I just think that there's some nice pieces on offense, nicer than I thought they would be. And that's a lot of points for an offense in Minnesota that is not very good right now. Yeah, it's it just an, a division game in general. And with the Detroit team, you know, barring what happened this past week, that has been competitive against every other team and, you know, some situation I mean you know you take second half against San Francisco first half against Green Bay the whole game against Baltimore right. this team can play and especially against a division opponent we'll see what they can do against Minnesota and that's kind of why I'm like look if you think the Vikings win obviously you don't want to lay that seven in the hook so I think teasing down could be your best route but also what intrigues me Dan is this total of 49 this could be a sloppy high scoring game in my opinion because Minnesota has the talent offensively to just dominate this Detroit defense and speaking of bad defenses 
Minnesota's hasn't done anything, hasn't been anything great this season. I mean, you know, the Browns last week was something different, but aside from that, opponents have been able to move the ball against them. Yeah, and, and I, I just, you mentioned, you know, kind of a sloppy divisional game. Neither of these teams are that good. And of course, the Lions aren't that good at all. And, and the Lions, you know, as I mentioned, this is a year where it's not about if the Lions can win five, six, seven, eight games. It's about what they can do in certain situations. They're going to be inferior to pretty much everyone, if not everyone on their schedule. And when you look at what they've done, and you mentioned the Green Bay game leading at half, down 24 to two-minute warning against San Francisco and having the ball with a chance to tie it up with a touchdown and a two-point conversion. The Ravens game, the Lions probably should have won that, but Tucker goes Route 66 on them. They have fought harder and come back in more games in this small sample size under Dan Campbell than they ever did ever against Matt Patricia. And, you know, there was times where Jim Campbell's teams fought hard because they liked and were connected to Jim, or excuse me, Jim Caldwell. But with Dan Campbell, whether he's going to be a good coach or not, his guys are never seemingly out of games. And the Vikings are not, you know, Baltimore. The Vikings are not Arizona. They're not one of the better teams in the NFL. So I think this will be a sloppy, close kind of game. As far as the total goes, Danny, I'm thinking the other way. I think it, I think there's not going to be that many points scored because I'm not impressed with the Vikings and what they did last week against Cleveland. And I mentioned the Browns had a good defense. I don't like the total either way, but I'm leading on the under right now, my friend. Our first disagreement. Our first disagreement. All right. <laughs> okay, we'll be buttoned out to – well, I don't know if I'm playing it yet. Just a thought, but we'll see. We'll talk at the end of the week and see where we're standing on that one. Uh, in this next one, we're, I, I think we're going to think the same way here, Dan. we got a couple minutes left. Michigan-Nebraska, you've been nailing these Wolverine games uh, on the Detroit City Cats this whole season. And, of course, I went to school at Nebraska, so I always like to try to fade them. But somehow they find me a way uh, to, lose my, to lose all my bets, right? I lose money, and they hurt me one way <laughs> or the other. And I, I think they're going to do so emotionally and probably financially in this game. But they're catching three and a half against Michigan. It opened one out in Las Vegas. Then it went up. Then it came down. And now it's at three and a half. Total's at 51. I think Michigan is for sure the better team here. Nebraska's defense is good, but their special teams is historically bad. What happens in Lincoln, do you think? Danny, much, much like the game in Madison. They haven't won there since 2001. It's not an easy place to play. I think Michigan is the better team. I was way, way off on this spread. I thought it was going to be seven, Michigan minus seven. And you mentioned open one, went up to three and a half. That's where it sits right now. But I, I, I always come with the numbers and stats for you. I just love this. And, you know, not that you have to read everything into, you know, some of these kind of things. But Michigan is the first team in the FBS this century to start 5-0, and never trail, and have only one or zero turnovers. That means all the previous national champions never have done that. I'm not trying to say that you you know jump into that, Danny, and go crazy, but it just shows you that Michigan has played some really solid football. And besides the second half against Rutgers, you know the, the team has gotten better and better. McNamara can throw the ball more than you know five times a game now. JJ McCarthy obviously is the future. Had that sick touchdown to Baldwin against uh, the Badgers in Madison. Adrian Martinez is a threat. This is a tough place to play, but I think Michigan's got way more talent. Scott Frost, Robert Frost, as I call him, the great author, he, his team is desperate. I think if they're down early, Michigan's going to be able to run the ball against them, which they did against the best run defense in the country last year or last week against Wisconsin. I think Michigan's going to be too much for the, your, your Huskers on Saturday. Saturday night, by the way. Yeah, no, that'll be a fun one to watch. I might just stay away in case Nebraska could keep it close and I can at least just try to root for them or just in-game it so when they're inevitably going to start disappointing me, then I can go, all right, Michigan's going to start to take over. But Nevertheless, Dan, it's going to be a fun game and a fun betting weekend. Thank you for helping us handicap it, and we'll look forward to catching up next week. Always a pleasure, my honor, my friend. You got those Detroit Coney Gogs on the way for you. <laughs> I can't wait, baby. Dan Leach, ladies and gentlemen, at Dan Leach 971 on Twitter. Again, host 
the Detroit City Cast. Five episodes every single week. We'll get you not only with the Lions, but, but as you just talked about, I mean, the Wolverines. He's been killing those bets so far this season for college football. So check him out at Dan Leach 971 Coming up next, a little bit more college football. Scott Spritzer joins us. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VSN Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts like Andy McNeil. He gives out predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, and season-long trends to watch. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season on the ice and get your digital copy now for only $9.99 at vsin.com slash subscribe, vsin.com slash subscribe. Okay, welcome back to Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke at Bet River Sportsbook, per usual, just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino. And joining us now out on the West Coast is Scott Spritzer at Scott Wins. It's where you can get in touch with him on the tweets. Vegas sports analyst and better. Had him on the other week to great with his NFL and college football action. And Scott, we're excited to talk more about it for this upcoming weekend. Before we get deeper into the NFL slate of games that I know you have a lot of interest in, I wanted to talk college football with you because, um, you know, a little birdie told me that uh, you and I have similar interests, somewhat at least, in terms of this college football team being Nebraska. You grew up in the state of Nebraska. I went to school there, grew up here, obviously, in the Chicagoland area. But the Cornhuskers have a big game this weekend, and a lot of people were scratching their heads at where this line opened. I know at Circa out by you, they opened one in favor of Michigan. Then it got bet up immediately to three and a half. You saw it come back a little bit. Now it's currently at three and a half still in favor of Michigan. Total at 51. Who do you think is victorious or even in terms of covering the spread, which side do you lean toward in this spot? Yeah, Nebraska's been so up and down. I mean, this football season, and you're right, I grew up in Nebraska. I've been in Vegas longer than I was there. But uh, for those listening who might be familiar, I am a Bellevue West High School alum. So I go pretty far back and Spent all my growing up years there, and that's all we knew was Nebraska football. But uh, listen, I was watching something the last, well, the last game obviously against Northwestern, and then even in parts of the Michigan State game, and I think this is going to be the answer to whether Michigan ultimately can win this game and cover the spread of three and a half. I was watching Nebraska run a quadruple option. We all hear about triple options. The last two games they've been running this, they haven't done it a lot. They didn't do it a lot against Mish State. They didn't do it a lot against Northwestern. But when they did, they found success. It's the same offense, basically, that quadruple option that Scott Frost ran when he was calling offensive plays in Eugene for the Oregon Ducks and then when he was head coach in Orlando at Central Florida. This is certainly an atypical look for Big Ten defenses to prepare for. And basically what it is that's different than the triple option is that they can hand the ball. Adrian Martinez can hand the ball off to the first man through the middle. He can carry the ball himself. He can pitch to the trailer, or they've added a receiver on the outside that he can throw to if everything is kind of covered and the defense kind of comes up to the line to help out against the pitch. So it goes from a triple to a quadruple option. 
And again, Frost has had success with this offense in his last two stops. If Michigan can slow that down and stop it, then they're going to probably win this football game. Also thought that Nebraska obviously gained a lot of confidence. They know they could have beat Oklahoma. They know they should have beat Michigan State. And then they found out what you can do, even though it's a bad Northwestern defense, they found out what you can do when you don't shoot yourself with the foot time and time again on special teams or on the offensive line. And they changed some faces up front also this past week, Danny. So that, you know, might've led to a little bit more focus out of this offensive line. So listen, I, I, I think it's going to be an extremely close game. I think this is going to be a good game for in-game betting because you're going to learn early on if yep. Michigan is prepared for this offense. And if they are, then I think they go on to win by 10 to 14 points. If they were unable to switch from Wisconsin and what they did, you know, you know, they didn't spend any extra time prepping for Nebraska. If they're unable to stop the quadruple option of what Nebraska's starting to try to do, and they've got a great set of healthy wide receivers, you're going to know, I think, in the first quarter of this game, and it's going to give a lot of outs potentially for in-game betting. For everyone out there, if you're sick of my thoughts on Nebraska, I'm glad Scott came out to talk about it because he nailed exactly what I would say, too. And the perfect way to put it is Nebraska is a team that shoots themselves in the foot and has such a bad special teams group. It's honestly impressive. But, Scott, you're right, and I was kind of saying that, too. I think the best way to attack it, unless, you know, because I, I do think Michigan is the better team and probably will win, but now the money line, if you didn't want to mess with the spread, has gotten a little bit out of hand. So if you do want to attack it, I agree with you. I think in-game is the best way to go because you'll see, obviously, what Michigan's type of tempo is, but more importantly, what kind of Nebraska team are we going to get? How is Adrian Martinez looking, and are they able to move the ball? Because defensively, they've been fine. I mean, they were able to limit Oklahoma. They're able to limit all their opponents as of this point, except for when crazy, dumb things happen. That is a big part of it because of special teams. But I completely agree. I think in-game's the best way to go in that Big Ten matchup in Lincoln between Nebraska and Michigan. Uh, Scott, let's talk some NFL, though. we got a few minutes left here, and I want to talk about some of the bigger games this upcoming week, starting primetime, Thursday night football, division matchup, Seahawks, Rams, Los Angeles, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, total here at 54-and-a-half. What kind of betting angles are you seeing for this one? Yeah, this one's kind of jumped up a little bit. It opened up one. They're down two-and-a-half, and, you know, they had the minus turnover margin. Uh, put, that put them behind the eight ball, Danny, before you even got started rehashing that loss to the Cardinals. Uh, the stats weren't bad as far as the Rams' offense was concerned outside of the turnovers. However, you know, it was a lot. I, I, it was it was quite a take noticing that Arizona was able to run the football on the Rams' defense the way they did. Uh, the Rams gave up almost 220 yards on about 40 carries. Uh, Seattle didn't do much last week other than taking care of the football in their game. They had a plus two turnover margin, but they were outgained by more than 220 yards. They only ended up with 14 first downs. Last three opponents have moved at will against Seattle. They've given up over 1,300 yards of offense in those three games. And if you look at their offense, it's not been great with the new play calling. Uh, they had minus 12 yards over a five-possession stretch last week. I know they've won nine straight Thursday games. I know you're going to hear about it. They've done well against the spread on Thursdays. But I backed the Rams, and again, it has climbed about a point and a half. All right, let's take a look at another matchup where we just saw a this team in a primetime game last night, the Chargers, and they're taking on the Browns. And look, you know, Cleveland is a really good team, very talented, a team that a lot of people see going deep into the postseason this year. But offensively, there's been some questions. They haven't needed to be dominant offensively because their defense and just controlling the tempo has been what has aided them as of this point. But going up against this team in Los Angeles that has plenty of momentum offensively, it might be a little bit of a tougher test for them as the Browns are catching one and a half 
This total, Scott, we're seeing at 47. Great teaser situation if you do want to back Cleveland here. But which side are you trusting a little bit more so in this game? Yeah, look ahead line was pick em. No big difference there. My line, which I always make a week in advance, had Cleveland minus one. Again, when you're talking about going from minus one to plus one, plus one and a half, not that big of a change, relatively speaking. But it is a, de a decent difference for my personal advanced numbers. But you're right, man. Since Sunday's game went final, I mean, we've heard over and over that Baker Mayfield is actually harming this Browns offense, stifling their potential uh, to a certain level with his errant throws. Uh, there might be some truth to that, but they're catching uh, this Chargers team at the perfect time, and the Browns' defense has been nasty. I mean, they've held their last two opponents to 3.2 yards per play. Not yards per rush, but yards per play and 22 combined first downs, and I get it. One of those uh, was that Bears offense with Fields at quarterback, but they were impressive last week, too. You got the Chargers off three big games, especially the Raiders and the Chiefs. I think it's a good spot play on Cleveland this week. All right, then let's go back to the NFC West, Arizona and San Francisco, 49ers quarterback situation up in the air, and it really depends on who you trust more, I suppose. And Arizona is on cruise control at this point, just absolutely dominating. They're up to a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game at home against San Francisco. Total is settled at about 50. Do the Cardinals continue to cruise here, or can San Francisco keep it close? Yeah, it's one of those spots where you really want to go against the Cardinals off of what they've been doing and, and, and make a play on the Niners after Arizona's perfect start to the season. You know, it's screaming at you. This is a bad spot for Arizona. Then, of course, you get Jimmy G hurt and banged up, and, you know, reports say that he's going to miss. We heard Shanahan earlier today again saying he may play. Uh, but anyway, you have to back a rookie quarterback now if you want them on the road in all likelihood. But it makes you rethink your position, and, and, and I will do that a little bit later in the week. Having said that, Trey Lance, wasn't bad. Couple of touchdowns, no picks, 18 passes this past weekend. He uh, ran for six yards per pop on seven carries. And then the Niners defense slammed the door on the Seattle offense. I mean, they only allowed 230 plus yards on about four and a half yards per play. And I think the surprising stat of the week has to be Arizona. If you're a casual NFL fan, uh, then you think Arizona is going to be firing away through the air. They actually ran the ball 40 times, eight more running plays than passes this past week, so they're trying to create that balance. But these two know each other well, obviously. And last season, you know, that Niners defense held Murray to less than five yards per pass in, in that final meeting and just over five yards per pass in the first meeting. Uh, look, headline was two and a half, 52 before Garoppolo got hurt. I think under 50. I think 50 is a fair price if you like the uh -huh. under. And one final note. The last 56 times San Francisco's played against a team averaging at least seven and a half yards per pass, there's been an average combined score of less than 45 points per game. They really play well against these Alrighty. offenses. I like the under here. Okay, Scott. Love it, my man. We are up against it. Thank you for the info again. Coming up next, we're talking MLB postseason betting right here on Rush Hour. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, dance. <laughs> CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet River Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups, and they're bringing back the Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, didn't know they have a $1 million beat the spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to place your wagers. Offers valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. 
Michigan 1-800-270-7117. One triple A five three two thirty five hundred in Virginia and Iowa. Call one eight hundred. That's off. Final segment here on Rush Hour. Getting you ready for tonight's action next, which is going to be the MLB postseason game featuring the Red Sox and the Yankees. Danny Burke here on Vsin the Sports Betting Network. We've got some thoughts on this game and a little bit more beyond for the Major League Baseball postseason. We, you know, sadly haven't talked about baseball as much, but we're so enthralled with NFL, college football. It's kind of hard to keep tabs on it as much, and it's a little bit more difficult to handicap at the end of the season. I know we were cruising during the regular season, but now we're looking to pick up the pace a little bit more so that we have the limited games in the top teams so we get somewhat more of an understanding about, even though postseason can certainly be volatile, I think there is a good opportunity in tonight's affair with the biggest rivalry in baseball, the Yankees and the Red Sox. Let's get you squared away with some of these updated lines because it opened about Yankees minus 111, Boston plus 103 right around that range. It's just been getting hit with Yankees money, and naturally the public's going to be all over the Bronx Bombers, but even the Sharps seem to be as well. New York is now up to minus 137. They were about minus 120, minus 125 in the afternoon, but now they're up to minus a buck 37 against the Red Sox on the road. This total is at eight, slightly shaded to the under minus 113, opened eight and a half, so the under is getting a little bit of attention. If you want to entertain the Red Sox, plus 120 is the value you are getting for them as the home underdog. Now, look, uh, at the end of the season, you know, this finished 10 to 9, okay, and Boston is hosting it because they had the slight advantage 10 to 9 in the season series overall against the Yankees. But the Yankees have won the last nine out of the past 12 games after the team, or excuse me, after the Red Sox won those first seven. So it's kind of been all Yankees ever since then. And it's even tougher because naturally you're going against Garrett Cole, right? But what version of Garrett Cole are you going to get? Because after the whole, you know, foreign substance debacle kind of came about, it was notable that, you know, you saw the decrease in his spin rate and how effective he was. And it's not that he still hasn't been a stud, but not as great as we have seen Garrett Colby in the past. Now, when you're looking at his overall numbers from this past season, uh, or this current season, rather, I mean, overall during the season, he was 16-8, and 3.23 ERA, XFIP of 2.93, and a very solid whip of 1.06. Garrett Cole on the road this season went 3.32 in terms of his ERA and 3.01 with his XFIP. Now, he's gone up against Boston four times this season, went 22 innings pitched overall, allowed 24 hits, 12 earned runs, and racked up 31 strikeouts. Impressive all around. Red Sox had a 279 batting average against Garrett Cole this season. The team went 2-2 two two when he started those games, though, so right at 500. Uh, three of his four starts were actually on the road at Boston this year, too, oddly enough. In his most recent start, he did very well. This was September 24th when six innings pitched, allowed five hits, three earned runs, six strikeouts, and the Yankees won that game 8-3. to three. Now, the starter for Boston tonight, Nathan Eovaldi, who's 11-9 and nine this season, 3.75 ERA, 3.48 XFIP, and a whip of 1.19. Now, those numbers are not as good as Garrett Cole's naturally, but... Ivaldi has some familiarity against the Yankees. Six games he has started against the Bronx Bombers. He's gone 34 innings pitched, allowed 38 hits, just two more earned runs than Garrett Cole in two more games. So 14 earned runs for Ivaldi compared to 12 for Garrett Cole. Ivaldi's gotten 34 strikeouts against this Yankees team, and the Yankees also hitting about 279 batting average-wise. 
but the team is two and four when he has started against the Yankees. But again, you know, it's cliche, but throw the record books out, especially in this series in a baseball playoff game in an elimination spot. Now, bullpen wise, the advantage goes with the Yankees. A 3.52 bullpen ERA. Red Sox have a 3.99 bullpen ERA as of this point. So who do you think is going to come out alive quicker? Who do you think could take advantage of the other respective starting pitching? Because later in the game, if the Red Sox aren't leading, it's going to be a real tough test for them to overcome this very strong Yankees bullpen. Hitting-wise, Red Sox at home, they have an 831 OPS, absolutely dominant at Fenway. And against righties, 788 OPS. They hit better against righties, and they hit a lot better at home. That bodes well for Boston. Yankees are hitting 738 OPS on the road and 715 OPS against right-handed pitching. They're better against lefties, decently better, but they are better at hitting on the road, oddly enough. The route I'm looking to take, because if I'm looking at this whole game, I think it's tough to gauge, and at first I wanted to go with the Yankees here, but... You know, that just seems like kind of the easy and obvious answer, but really kind of just getting deep into it. If the Red Sox can do well enough against Garrett Cole to at least be leading, you know, say after the first five bet, if you wanted to bet the Red Sox, if they can be leading, say, going in to the top of the six, then I think Boston is a real good shot here. Again, if they're trailing and then going against a Yankees bullpen, it's going to be tough. But if you wait and wait, you're probably even going to get more value on Boston and in this game that virtually is a coin flip, I mean, everybody's going to be betting the Yankees. The value is with Boston, absolutely. 100% it is, plus 120. That's the way I would be leaning. I didn't end up pulling the trigger on that, but if you want to play this game, especially now that the line's gone up to minus 137, I think your best shot here is to go with Boston plus 120. Again, nothing that I've done officially, but that's where I would have to lean for the outright winner. But some other interesting angles I think you can look to wager in this game goes with the props, and that's the strikeout props for these pitchers. Starting with Garrett Cole. So Garrett Cole strikeouts is at 7.5 at Bat Rivers. To me, that is too high. Now, the over was plus 125, under minus 159 when I played it, but now it's actually dipped down to minus 148. I took Garrett Cole under 7.5 strikeouts, minus 159. Now, again, I know he's done really well against the Red Sox so far this season. 31 total strikeouts. He's gotten 6 in one game, 8. 11 and 6 in all the respective games. So he's gone over this mark in two out of four games. Two he's gone over, two he's stayed under. And overall this season, half of his starts he's gone over this mark. But the point is, though, this is an elimination game. If there's the slightest, you know, kind of just moment where things are going wrong, he's going to be on an incredibly short leash. Both pitchers are. They have a deep enough and a good enough bullpen that they can trust. It's do or die here. So I don't think he's going to get deep enough to the point where he can get eight strikeouts. I think the Red Sox are going to be more careful with their hitting, more precise, and not chasing pitches as much because everybody's playing so, you know, nervously. And, and so, not timidly, but it's just everything's more nerve-wracking in this type of atmosphere. And the Red Sox are only striking out 8.56 times per game, which is 11th best in Major League Baseball, and 7.7 times at home compared to 9.4 on the road. So I think 7.5 is too high. I know you're laying a decent price, but because of what kind of game this is, I think going under is your best bet here. Garrett Cole under 7.5 strikeouts. Now the price is minus 148. So that is the best bet that I do have for this game. Take under strikeouts with Garrett Cole at 7.5. Really quick, if you're curious about Nathan Eovaldi, his is at 5.5. Uh, he's gone over this mark in 5 out of 6 games against the Yankees. But for the same reason that I just pitched with Cole, you know, pun intended, just pitched. Um, 
I don't want to bet this over, but that's the only way I would go with the Evaldi would be over 5.5. But again, my best bet for the game tonight, Garrett Cole under 7.5 strikeouts. So that's what I got rolling for this evening. If you're curious about tomorrow, the Cardinals and Dodgers game, just really quick, the lines that we have for this one at Bet Rivers, Los Angeles up to minus 225 against the St. Louis Cardinals, who are catching plus 185. Short total here, 7.5. Who'd have thunk it, the Cardinals in this spot after going on an insane winning streak to end their season? But it's going to be tough. You're going against Max Scherzer and this loaded Los Angeles team on the road. And you're throwing out the veteran Adam Wainwright. How about Waino having a great season and who they trust enough to throw out there in this playoff game? Tip your cap to the man at 40 years old who is still doing it. Look, I could go through all the numbers. We don't have as much time to do it. But at the end of the day, this is a game the Dodgers are going to win. In my opinion, it's just by a matter of how much. If you want to go with the run line, it's even money. If you want to take the run and a half with St. Louis, it's minus 122. I don't want to lay the minus 225. Who would want to? But I do think the Dodgers are going to win. I don't love going with the run line and just at the price of even money. You could do the minus one. You're still laying about minus the buck 50 or so. That may be an alternative route I could take tomorrow. We'll talk more about it on tomorrow's show, Rush Hour. But look, you know, Max Scherzer is clearly the better pitcher. And I think the fun times, the luck that they have had, the deep luck that the Cardinals have had will come to an end. Manana. But as for tonight, again, Garrett Cole under seven and a half strikeouts. That is the best bet for this evening. Best of luck if you tail. Enjoy the game. Again, more baseball and NFL and futures betting tomorrow. We'll catch up again right here on Rush Hour. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.